Today on the newscast, are Bibi and Biden headed for a showdown over what to do about Iran's nuclear program? Former U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman joins us in Jerusalem to break it down. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. Let's get right into today's exclusive interview. I sat down recently in Jerusalem with a man who knows the ins and outs of the U.S.-Israel relationship better than anyone. The former U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, to get the inside story. We discussed why appeasing Iran could lead to a Middle East war why Hezbollah may have been the big winner in Israel's recent maritime deal with Lebanon, and why Israel's biblical heartland of Judea and Samaria is so indispensable for the Jewish state. Take a look. Ambassador David Friedman, always great to be with you in Jerusalem. Welcome back. Thanks, Eric. Great to be with you. Hey, great to be with you. And it's hard to believe, Ambassador, the Abraham Accords are now over two years old. You were obviously very involved in, in helping to forge them. They're resilient. I mean, at the time, people said, will this last? Is it a flash in the pan? But no, Israel's relationship with Bahrain, the UAE, the other Abraham Accords nations continues to expand. Uh, what do you see when you look at the Abraham Accords over two years on? I think everybody should be proud of uh of what's been accomplished. Uh, all the countries, uh, it's one of, I think, America's great achievements of this decade. And I think it's going to continue to flourish within the existing framework. The relationships are good. The feelings are good. The people are starting to get to know each other. And I think everybody likes what they see. You talk about this in your blockbuster book, Sledgehammer, a bestseller, excellent account of your time as ambassador to Israel. Are you surprised that more nations haven't signed on to the Abraham Accords at this point. There was such promise, obviously, uh, when you were serving as ambassador, President Trump was in office, and it seemed like it was just going to keep coming. More nations would join the fold. We haven't seen that since President Trump left office. Are you a bit surprised by that? Well, I'm disappointed, and I'm not surprised because yeah. of the change in direction of the current administration. Look, if you look at the Abraham Accords, every single country, you, you need to look at it as a triangle. You have Israel, you have an Arab country, a Muslim country, and at the apex you have the United States. In all these cases, the United States is projecting its influence and its strength and its support and its encouragement, uh, and it's, it's getting these two uh, nations that don't know each other well to get comfortable with each other and feel that they've got an America that's got its back. When President Biden took over after the fiasco in Afghanistan, after the insults directed at Saudi Arabia, after the, the weakness showed with regard to, to Russia, no one's really in the mood right now to partner with America in one of these ventures. It will happen in the future. It will, it will come back. Uh, when the government changes, it will go uh, and move in the right direction again. But this government is not doing what it needs. It didn't, as you know, it didn't even want to acknowledge the name Abraham Accords for the first year. But it's not just style. I mean, the substance is such that the Muslim world does not see America right now as a particularly good partner. Yeah. And until that changes, I think we're going to be stuck where we are. Yeah, you know, President Biden, you mentioned Biden's posture towards Saudi Arabia. He's talked about trying to make Saudi Arabia a pariah state. He hasn't used that kind of language with Iran, though. Yeah, it's, look, it's disappointing. I mean, I, I'm not here to, uh, to advocate for Saudi Arabia, but sure. here, here's a country that has uh, an enormous position in the Muslim world 
And it's moving. It's moving towards modernity. Uh, whether it's at the pace people would like, we can debate, but it's moving in the right direction, and that ought to be encouraged. At the same time, Iran is the greatest state sponsor of terrorism anywhere. It presents threats to peace-loving countries throughout the world. Uh, we have uh, right now our foreign policy completely backwards as we embrace Iran and attack our moderate Sunni countries. And what we're really not doing, which is the most disappointing, is we have these women in Iran, these incredibly brave women who are risking their lives to protest and to try to get a better life for their children and their grandchildren. And I just don't see America standing with them the way they should. Yeah, showing the moral clarity as the leader of the free world uh, that we should. Hey, you detail, obviously, the Abraham Accords in your great book, Sledgehammer. One of the factors that seem to have brought the Sunni Arab nations and Israel together is Iran. Can you talk about uh, here in the region, you're here in the region often obviously, how we have this kind of dividing line. We have the Iranian-led axis on one side and Israel and the Sunni Arab nations increasingly on the other. Well, it's getting more dangerous also as Iran now is joining with Russia in the war against uh, Ukraine. Yeah. So uh, we're seeing uh, Iran get more and more maligned. We're seeing America continue to give Iran a pass to chase them, to beg them for something that I don't believe Iran will ever do anyway. Right. So I think it's a fool's errand what we're doing with Iran right now. And the rest of the Middle East is kind of watching with their mouths agape. What is America doing? I hope we can get through this era as quickly as possible and then move our foreign policy to a much more rational, uh, more sensible direction. Yeah, that Iran-Russia relationship, that growing alliance seems troubling not only for Ukraine, for the United States, but potentially for Israel as well. Iran is not helping Russia for free, right? So if they're helping Russia, that means they're getting something back in return. What does Russia have that Iran needs? Nuclear technology. So this is a very dangerous relationship, wow. and we're not doing anything to stop it. What's happened is the Biden administration has now got its finger in the dam in so many different places. Mm -hmm. There's so many hotspots around the world and at home that um, they're not getting the attention they deserve. Administrations changed, left your role as ambassador uh, to Israel, but you have remained very busy and very active in the war of ideas. And one of the things you've been talking about recently is this maritime border deal between Israel and Lebanon. What are your thoughts on that deal? Is it a good thing for Israel and for the region? As a commercial deal, people make business decisions all the time. I don't need to second guess that. But this is not between Exxon and Chevron. This is between Israel and Hezbollah. People say it's between Israel and Lebanon, but it's not, because Israel and Lebanon could have agreed on different terms. When I was there, Israel offered 60% of Kana, and Lebanon was willing to take it, but Hezbollah said no. So now, under what I think has been unfair pressure from America, Israel is now giving 100% of Kana, of this field called Kana, mm -hmm to Lebanon, but at the behest of Hezbollah. Hezbollah is the one that got the extra 40%. Now, that means Hezbollah has become stronger in the eyes of the Lebanese, which is exactly not what we're trying to accomplish. On top of that, these agreements are signed by everybody but Hezbollah. Hezbollah has agreed to nothing. So Hezbollah is not bound to anything. Hezbollah tomorrow could turn around and say, we're not there. And then there's this notion of America guaranteeing Lebanon's performance I don't know what that means. I don't know why that's good for Israel or good for America. And I think it's just likely to create a point of friction in the future. So as a geopolitical matter, I think it's a very, very bad deal. Economically, you know, it's not my, I don't second guess people on economic points, but geopolitically, I think it's a bad idea. Wow. Do you see Israel becoming potentially a natural gas superpower? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, leaving aside uh, 
this, the, the, those two facilities, Karish and Connor, they have Tamar and Leviathan. Israel is about to become what America used to be and hopefully will become again, which is a net energy exporter, yeah. energy independent. Right. It's very, very important to every country's national security. Any country that can be energy independent and doesn't do so is committing malpractice you know, to its population. It seems like this administration is in the mix of several bad deals, whether it's the Lebanon deal, whether it's the Iran nuclear deal, obviously pushing a two-state solution very hard. Now they seem to have kind of maybe backed off on that for the time being. Could you talk about why Judea and Samaria are so important for Israel and the Jewish people, not only from a security perspective, but obviously a historical, uh, biblical perspective as well? From a security perspective, I'll just touch on it briefly. Without Judea and Samaria, Israel at its narrowest point is nine miles wide. You know, as the Prime Minister of Israel said to President Trump when they met, it's the distance between Trump Tower and the George Washington Bridge in New York. So it's an indefensible border if Israel doesn't have Judea and Samaria. Judea and Samaria is really where almost all the events, certainly within the Old Testament, took place. We're working on a documentary about Route 60, which That's is right. the biblical spine of Israel, from Nazareth to, to Shlem to to Shiloh, to Bethel, to Jerusalem, to Hebron, to Beersheba, to Rachel's tomb. I mean, the whole Bible takes place within kilometers off of this one road, this biblical spine of Israel. If Israel were to ever cede sovereignty over this territory to the Palestinians, it would never be accessible again. Wouldn't be accessible to Jews, wouldn't be accessible to Christians. It would go the way of Joseph's tomb, Right, which, as you know, it's almost yeah. impossible to get there now. So from the Jewish and Christian DNA of what it is, who we are, what's our history, this is what it is right here along this road. Yeah. And also, you know, there are 500,000 Israelis living there. Uh, if you remember in 2005, during the evacuation from Gaza, you know, it almost caused a civil war in Israel. There were only 8,000 Jews living in yeah. Gaza. Now there's a half a million Jews living in Judea and Samaria. They are patriots. They're pioneers. They do uh, important work securing the Jewish state. The state of Israel you know, owes it to them and to the world and to Jews everywhere and Christians everywhere yeah. to keep this land you know, free and open uh, for those who, who are faithful. You mentioned that upcoming documentary series that you've produced along with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, a dream team, no doubt, uh, about Route 60, the road of the patriarchs, it's been called, coming to TBN in the new year, it looks like, four-part series? Four-part series. I hope it's in January, uh, February, I think the latest. It's really it's going to be special. I mean, what we've done, uh, first of all, it's special because of Mike Pompeo. I mean, we have a former Secretary of State traveling to places that no Secretary of State has ever been to before, from Hebron to Joshua's uh, altar on yeah. Mount Ebal. I mean, incredible places, and we get to see how he reacts to those special places. I think the, the, the conversation between the two of us is, is hopefully interesting. The places are uh, inspirational, and I think the story's great. So I, I hope that people will, will tune in when it starts to air. Ambassador, we can't wait to see it right here on TBN, coming soon. Thanks so much for joining us here today in Jerusalem. We appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Ambassador. Great God to bless. be with you. You too. Thanks again to Ambassador David Friedman for those great insights. Folks, that clip was from the Watchmen TV show. If you like the newscast here on YouTube, you will love our weekly TV show on TBN. You can see it every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time and Fridays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you want to see new episodes of the show before anyone else, be sure to check out premium membership here on the channel. Just go to join 
on our homepage. And for $4.99 a month, you not only help keep the channel going, but you get the exclusive first look at every brand new episode of The Watchmen Show before anyone else, including exclusive commentary, behind the scenes commentary from yours truly. So check that out. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here in The Watchmen Newscast. Until next time, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.